Okay, sorry about that. So let's just look at that opening gambit there. It says that opening scripture. It says, for a child is born to us. A son is given to us. Now there's that famous scripture, isn't it? John 3.16, we all know that one very well. For God so loved the world that he gave us his only begotten son that whoever should believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. But this scripture here is exactly the same. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And I want you to think about that. And this is why, where's my picture gone? This is why I want you to reflect on this picture for a minute. This is, uh, for those that can't see this, those that are listening to this on podcast, this is a picture called Kissing the Face of God. And it's, as you can see, it's a 15, 16-year-old Mary kissing Jesus' face. Uh, not that he looks too bothered by it, um, but she's giving him this kiss. And, and it's just absolutely profound. Now, I want you to think about this for a bit. I want you to reflect on this, that God so loved the world that he gave us his only begotten son. And this is how he entered the world. Now, Jesus is the Word. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. Emmanuel, which are those things we've been singing today. But I want you to think about this. Look at how vulnerable God is. I mean, can you believe it? How vulnerable God is. And that God the Father would entrust his Son to the very people that were going to crucify him, to the very people that he came to die for, and those very people had to love on him and bring him up. <laughs> I mean, imagine if Mary come round to your house and like pop Jesus down on, on your, your sofa for a, for a few hours and said, so I've just got to pop down the shops and, you know, get some bread and stuff like that. And then you're left with the son of God in your house. What do you do with him? You know, I, I mean, look at her. She's kissing him. She's actually loving on God and she's kissing him. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And I want you to look at that. Because so often as Christians, we always emphasise the cross. We always emphasise Easter, Easter. And that's fine, and we should. But this is where it starts. This, as I was saying today in earlier service, this is like the most profound, most beautiful mystery of mysteries that the world has ever seen. You know, we've seen all those great glorious things throughout all of the Old Testament. Great and powerful, mighty miracles. But no one has seen anything like this. That God so loved you that if you were the only person that walked this earth, he would go through this for you. That he would be born of a virgin. Now that in itself is a crazy and outlandish sign. You know, Mary, there's not a lot said about Mary these days, really, is there? Because Protestants get a bit nervous about Mary. You mentioned the, the word Mary, and I start twitching, you know, like, oh no, here we go. But I want, you, I want to share some things about Mary that I think are important for what I'm talking about here. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. That you begin to understand the majesty of this picture. This is not some kind of weird Catholic idolatry thing. This is some beautiful moment where Mary is kissing God himself on the face. Which is just, <laughs> it just blows my mind. 
At our prayer school, we did a day where we just meditated on this picture and it was really interesting how it profoundly affected people. Some in, in quite surprising ways, you know, like childhood traumas and all that kind of stuff, but it, it really helped us get a revelation about God that, that he would choose to belittle himself, he would choose to condescend himself, that the transcendent, timeless God comes into, from infinity into the finite and puts on himself and clothes himself with flesh. Now, I want you to think about this. When he put on flesh, whose likeness was he taking? His mum's. I bet, I bet he had her eyes or something like that. But we don't like to think about things like that, do we? We don't like to, you know, well, that's, you know, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to think about those kind of things. But you've got to understand that Jesus was fully human, but he was also fully God. And what we see here, when Mary, when she had Jesus in her belly, in her womb, so this is a teaching that the early church taught, which isn't really taught much anymore, unfortunately. But this is a wonderful gem of history. I know I've shared this once or twice before. But she was the Ark of the New Covenant. So in the Ark of the Old Covenant, in the tabernacle, sorry, in the tabernacle of Moses, you had the Ark of the Covenant, the big golden box. And inside the big golden box was the, um, the Torah on, written on stone tablets. Then you had the Rod of Aaron which budded to let him know, let everyone know that actually he was the one that God had chosen through that line would come the priesthood. And also a golden jar of manna, okay? Some of the bread that came down from heaven. And the ark was also the representation of the manifest presence of God. And so here comes Mary out here, <laughs> walking down the road. And she is the ark of the new covenant because she in her is carrying the manifest, Emmanuel, presence of God. Amen. She's not carrying a golden jar with old bread from heaven in it. She's carrying the literal bread of heaven inside of her. She's not carrying the tablets of the old covenant. She is literally carrying the word of God. And she's not carrying some old branch from the line of Aaron. She's carrying the branch of the root of Jesse, who is the king of kings and the lord of lords from the line of David. And he's also the high priest of the line of Melchizedek. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. <laughs> and she prototyped what it would be to be born again. So when, when she was in, uh, had that angelic encounter with Gabriel, he said to her, you know, you're going to be overshadowed by the Holy Spirit and uh, you will bear a child. And then she said, let it be done unto me according to your word. And as I said earlier today, it's we are born again, not by perishable seed, but by imperishable seed, which is the word of God. <laughs> Hallelujah. And so she said to the angel, at thy word, let it be done. And in that instant, she believed by faith the seed of the word of God manifest into her and made her pregnant. And she literally had Christ in her, the hope of glory for nine months. Amen. And that prototyped what we get to do, that when we believe that Jesus is the Lord who died on a cross and rose again from the dead, if we believe that in our hearts and we confess it with our mouths, then you shall be saved. And you can have Christ, the hope of glory, inside of you. Which we got to see there. Isn't that amazing? That's why the early church considered her the most, actually the most important person 
apart from Christ, to ever walk the earth. Because nobody has ever given birth to God. And the irony of it, she gave birth to God, but ultimately God made her so that he could use her so that she could give birth to God. And that Jesus, who is very God, who is the word of God, prophesied in the Old Testament that there would one come through a virgin and that it would be born of a virgin, that he prophesied his own incarnation. And because he is the word and he must become all that he is, as he prophesied his own incarnation, the time and the place and everything came into being, that he literally, the word and all his flesh and DNA entwined around him and he came out in flesh, in human form. It is amazing. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. What a wonderful, wonderful picture. Thank you. <laughs> what a wonderful picture of the humility of God and of the kindness of God and of the love of God that God so loved the world that he gave us his only son. Because you see, what you're seeing here is the passion, really. Because it's the passion of God that he loves us that much, that he would give us his son like this. So delicate, so fragile, to the ones whom which God was going to love and take care of, had to first of all be nurtured and tendered, tenderly cared for by the ones which he came to save. He needed to be fed. He needed to be loved. He needed to be brought up in the faith and in the ways of, ki of the kingdom of God. It's, it's ironic that he is the one who gave the Torah and yet his mum and dad had to teach him the Torah. <laughs> it, just, it just is amazing. And it just blows my mind. It says in Revelation, it says that, the, uh, that Jesus is the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the earth. In other words, this is an eternal moment. This was predestined before the earth was even made. And so then people are like, well, well, why would God create a world where he knew that it was going to fall, where he knew it was going to sin? Because some crazy, I don't know why, but it seems like it's all a part of God's plan anyway. Because you see, Jesus became as one of us so that we could be just like him. He took on our humanity so that we can take on his divinity. <coughs> So that when you're born again, hallelujah, you see, Jesus showed the way. If you want to be born from above, you must be born of blood, born of water and born of spirit. And that's exactly what he did. And that's exactly what you and I need to do. If you want to get into the kingdom of heaven, you first of all, hello, you need to be here. You need to have a physical body. Secondly, you need to be born of water. And as Christ broke the waters, and he came out of his mother's womb, was the kind of first baptism, so to speak, and then he got baptised, and now we as believers get baptised, 
and he was filled and anointed with the Spirit of God. And through him, we now have the Spirit of God inside of us. Because you see, without that, without that moment up there, there would be no sealing of the Holy Spirit. There would be no baptism of the Holy Spirit. There'd be no new creation. There'd be this no, you know, the no second Adam. None of this would happen. If that didn't happen, then this, what we have and take for granted today, would not exist. And I, if I'm honest with you, I don't think we as Christians really get this. Because if we did, I don't know, I just, I, I see so many Christians uh, in various different fields, you know, whether it's in the traditional church or, 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 or not in the traditional church, it's almost like we're going out of our way to downplay things, downplay the virgin birth. I've heard people, you know, so-called leaders of the church saying, well, it doesn't really matter to me, really, if Jesus was born of a virgin or not, because, you know, well, it doesn't really matter. We're still this and we're still that. And it's like, man, if you don't get the virgin birth, if you don't understand the very core of what your Christianity is, then, mate, you need to, I don't know, go and get another job. Go and pack shelves at Asda's or something, because you quite clearly shouldn't be a leader of a church. If I was the head of a church of England, that's, that's how I would deal with people like that. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> that's right, you're sacked. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. <coughs> and how this links up to John 3.16. You see, in the, in the Jewish custom of Passover, you actually had a little lamb that came and lived at your house for a period of time. And eventually that little lamb would grow up and then eventually the Passover day would come and you'd have to slay that little lamb. But all the family, oh, it's lammy. You know, we, we love Lammy, you know, we, we go to bed with Lammy, we, we play with Lammy, we feed Lammy. And now comes the day where you've got to sl sl uh, slay it. And it's the same here. Jesus came as this little beautiful baby boy. And then he grew up to be a man. And we know the scriptures say he was despised and forsaken of many. I mean, can you imagine it, church? That he came first to his own, and it says in John, that his own did not even know it that his own did not even recognise it. I was preaching a few weeks ago and I said, if Jesus turned up to church today, would you even know? Would you even recognise him? And there's God Almighty, the creator of the Jewish faith and the Jewish people is walking about the Jewish people of faith. And nobody recognises him and nobody gets it. That's love. That's so much love that God so loved them, knowing full well that generations of people would just completely and utterly reject this gift. That little baby. They would just reject him, laugh him, scoff him, malign him, persecute him. And you know what we did to Jesus? What we always try to do with God in our hearts, and that is kill him. Get off the throne. I want to be on the throne. Let's kill God. And you read at the end of the Bible in the Battle of Armageddon, the first one and the second one, because you've got one at the end uh, just prior to the millennial reign of Christ. And at the end of the millennial Christ, you've got another one. And it's always the same old game, isn't it? Let's go and try and kill God. Let's get God off the throne so that we can put, out, put ourselves on the throne. Man just doesn't change. In fact, it's really boring, isn't it? It's so boring. It's like, oh man, why does he just keep doing the same old, same old, same old? And yet God so loved the world that he gave us his only begotten 
begotten Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And it's because this, that little baby, that God doesn't want us to burn in hell for all eternity. He wants you to have a relationship with him. He wants you to have fellowship with him. He wants you to spend all eternity with him because he loves you that much that he gave you his only son. That child right there, he loved you that much that he gave you his only son. And that is love. That is the greatest gift. That is the, forgive the cheesy parts, but it's the greatest Christmas gift we can ever receive, which is Christ. And it's this wonderful, great exchange. And that is God gives us Jesus and then God gets us in return. You might think, well, that's a bit of a poor trade-off, really, isn't it? <laughs> I get the Son of God and then you get me. But it's better than that. Because although we get Christ and God gets us, but then Jesus becomes the preeminence one of this inheritance. So Christ also gets an inheritance of the Gentiles and the Jews that come to believe in him. So Christ gets all of that. And then Christ gives us his blessed Holy Spirit. And then, and then God gets a whole kingdom of priests that will rise again from the dead at his return and rule and reign with him. Hallelujah. That God's kingdom is finally established on the earth. Just, just amazing things that will come about when he returns. The resurrection of the dead. The resurrection of the righteous for eternity. Because you know what? We're not supposed to be up in heaven or just floating around just playing our harps. I know Julia likes to float around and play a harp all day. But the idea is, is that actually you, have been, you are a tripartite being and you are to walk this earth with a physical body. And so that's why when Jesus returns as the resurrection of the dead and you will rise up and you'll be just like him. And you'll be walking around on the earth. And then at the end of this age, God then makes a new heaven and a new earth. Because that's where you're going to live because you've got a human body. <coughs> For unto us a son is given, unto us a child is born. Hallelujah. Lord Jesus, I just thank you for that magnitudinal, beautiful revelation, Lord. Lord Jesus, I just thank you, Lord God, that you, you lowered yourself so much. And you came down to our level and became as one of us to reveal to us your Father. That if we see you, we have seen the Father. And Lord, I pray, Lord, you forgive us, Lord, for all the moments in our lives, Lord, where we just fail to see the power of what you did at Christmas time, Lord Jesus. Lord, we know it probably didn't happen this time of year, but Lord Jesus, I pray, Lord, never take, let us take it for granted, Lord Jesus. As we never take the cross for granted, never let us take the crib for granted either, Lord Jesus. It is the source of our life. It is the source of our power. It is the source of our inheritance and all that you've made us to be. Thank you, Jesus, for giving us your son. Thank you, Lord, for being so good and so kind to us. In Jesus' name, amen. And as the bread of heaven came and dwelt amongst us, now we're going to hand over to communion where we're going to partake of that bread of heaven. Hallelujah.